Hey there, beautiful people. Welcome to Novel Takes, the podcast where we lift the veil on business as usual. Join us for our novel takes on business, culture, and the art of getting things done. I'm partner and principal, Rachel Gans Boriskin. And I'm founder and principal, Sarah Patrick. It's time for a new novel take. Today is the second installment of our two-part series about finding meaning at work. In our latest episode, we talked to four individuals about their journeys around meaning-making. We recorded the interview separately and brought our guests into virtual conversation with each other. Last time, our panelists spoke about how they have found meaning at different points in their careers, the role of healthy environments in cultivating meaning-making, and the importance of being value-aligned with the organization for which they work. If you haven't already heard the episode, you should give it a listen. In this episode, we'll explore our guest views on the difference between finding purpose and finding meaning at work, what happens when we don't find that meaning, and seeking meaning outside of our careers. Before we hear more from our guests, we thought it might be useful to explain why we decided to explore the topic of meaning-making at work. As we mentioned last episode, there's been a lot of focus lately in the media and in organizational studies about the importance of finding meaning. And certainly, it's something that's been discussed as being important to younger workers in particular. But I guess for me, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is to grapple with my own thinking on the matter. And part of that has to do with the distinction between finding meaning at work and finding a purpose. Sarah, do you see a distinction between them? And if so, what is it for you? I think the difference for me is the marker of time, whereas finding meaning at work has to do with how you make sense of or justify or get through the day. Finding your purpose is far more existential. It has to do with your overall direction or function as a human being, your drive, or even why you're here. Um, And these two things may be connected, but they don't always have to be. For example, your purpose may be to bring peace into the world. You may seek to achieve that through your work, and that may be meaningful to you. But you may also be able to achieve your purpose outside of work through volunteering, or through how you decide to engage people every day? I think for me, it has to do with how I was raised. In Judaism, there's this concept of tikkun olam, which roughly translates to repairing the world. The idea is that it's the job of every person to work to fix what's broken in the world. And my family took this very seriously. So for me, purpose is about tikkun olam, repairing the world. And for a long time, I didn't see a difference between purpose and meaning. They were synonymous in my mind. But as my life and career have shifted, I've started to reassess those ideas. So it was really helpful to hear about how our guests thought about it. First, I'll let our guests reintroduce themselves. My name is Alyssa Pellegrini, and I am the Assistant Director of Administration and Operations at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health. My name is Aaron Johnson. I'm a consultant with Cause Consulting, which is a social impact and strategic communications firm based here in Boston. I am Rebecca Miller. I live in Newton, Massachusetts. I currently am a senior product strategy manager at a Boston-based software firm. My name is Alva. I come to you from Dallas, Texas. I am an e-commerce professional. I've been working in the industry for about 10 years, and I also consider myself an artist. We asked Rebecca about how she sees the concept of meaning and purpose. 
I mean, I definitely think they're closely intertwined, but meaning feels a bit more tactical. Like, for example, I have a task to complete and this is how it impacts people or systems where purpose feels like it's much bigger and broader and it's really the reason why you do something. So it could be my purpose is to help people or my purpose is to help build software and bring to market software that's going to change the way that the world builds software. But I think you can also make that practical as well. Like if you think about why we work, I work to provide for my family or for myself. That's purpose. And I think both are important. Purpose is maybe a little bit harder sometimes to find, but I think that meaning is really important and you've got to find meaning regardless of what you're doing to make it somewhat enjoyable for yourself. And I think I've had to learn over the past several years that you really have to find the good in something, even if it's not necessarily where you expected to be. For Aaron, his work is definitely connected to a sense of purpose. For me, what drives me throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year of work is the impact that I'm making and feeling like I'm, you know, making a positive difference in the communities that I'm serving and in the spaces that I'm really working in. So when I think back to earlier in my career, my first job out of college was with a nonprofit called Good Sports, where I was helping to bring brand new sports equipment to community organizations and schools that were underserved around the country through partnership events that we had. And for me, that was really important because my connection to sports, I've always been a sports geek and always wanted in some way to use sports as a tool for positive impact in communities. So that immediately connected to me value-wise. And then my second role in my career was working with the Harvard Pilgrim Health Foundation. I was connected to them because of my focus on equity and this idea of equitable health care. Aaron noted something interesting about purpose and the kind of work he does. I did hear a director of a food bank say recently, and I really liked this concept, and I think this somewhat applies to social impact work as well, that you're almost working towards not being out of the job, but essentially working towards not being as necessary. But as long as that work is necessary, Aaron plans to stay in the field of social impact. Still, he thinks finding meaning doesn't have to be connected to a larger purpose or even remain constant throughout our lives. I think meaning in work can just manifest itself in many different ways for different people and at different stages of life. For some folks, Meaning at work might simply mean that you're making a living, you're able to support your family and live the life you want to live. For some, it's the impact that you're having. I'm privileged enough to have the opportunity to work in the field that I do and make money to be able to support my lifestyle and also have that element of deeper meaning in my work. I think it's kind of changed over time. And rather than being so stuck on this element of finding a deeper meaning. I think it's reframing that perspective towards what is the meaning of my work right now. And granted, I think you can kind of have that search for deeper meaning within your work. I think that's totally valid. But also it's that element of just kind of reframing the situation that you're in and thinking of what is the meaning of my work right now? Is it simply to make a living and move towards my personal goals? Or is my meaning really to make an impact in my community, 
is my meaning to boost this organization so that it's profitable and it's an organization that I want to continue working for moving forward. So I think meaning can just really manifest itself in such different ways throughout our careers that we just kind of have to take a step back and understand what our priorities are in that moment to then really find out what the meaning behind our work is. Because again, there's this element of that I've always struggled with of working to live versus living to work. And I think both are totally valid ways of approaching our work. But then for some people, it might be living to work at one point and some people it might be working to live. And that's always going to kind of shift based on our priorities in our everyday lives. Alyssa has certainly seen a shifting in her life around purpose and meaning. Before COVID, I think my main drive and my main purpose was mainly just to gain as much experience as possible in every aspect of my job. So whether it was learning the administrative side of things to the financial side of things to literally saying yes to everything, I just said yes to everything. And I found meaning and purpose within saying yes. And so I think meaning and purpose at that point were the same thing for me. So during COVID, it definitely changed my entire perspective on everything. My meaning for waking up every single day and doing everything that I did was to help people, was to make a difference in the pandemic, and was to really kind of change the outcome, whether it meant lives being lost. And even if I had a small percentage of helping someone get over COVID quicker or helping in the long term, that was kind of where I found my meaning. The purpose behind all of my work was definitely this one overarching goal to help people in general. So I think it kind of went from singular and individually to a larger impact. So it became kind of not just myself, but other people, which I think really made a difference. And so now post-pandemic, and I'm actually in a different role now than when I was during the pandemic, I think, again, it shifted. I feel like there's definitely seasons in life, and I also think there's seasons in your career. While the trajectory of the pandemic directly affected Alyssa's purpose at work, for Alva and many others, the pandemic made them rethink their relationship to their jobs. I think that's something a lot of people grapple with because especially coming out of 2020 pandemic where the world's somewhat like crumbled right beneath our feet, right? A lot of people started asking those questions. Is this worth it? What am I doing? Whether you were laid off or were able to maintain your job. I will just say during that period, we had a lot of furloughs and layoffs at the company I was working at. And we were asked to take on the role of several different jobs, like just had our hands full. We weren't getting bonuses. And, you know, as much as I would love to say, like, I'm there because I love it. We're there because we're getting something in exchange. But then you start to ask questions. What is the purpose? What is my purpose? Am I finding purpose in this? Do I find meaning in this work? How can I extract meaning from this work? How can I input meaning to this work? The pandemic also shifted Rebecca's thinking about her work. Before the pandemic, I feel like a lot of my meaning making was driven through being successful. And I would say that that's not necessarily the way that I think about things anymore for various reasons going through that global trauma as well as other things in my personal life. So I think that people are really reassessing what's important to them 
now and taking stock. Whether our guests found purpose or meaning or some combination of the two in their work, they were in agreement about the consequences of not feeling those things. I think it can lead to severe burnout because I think you're kind of like paddling without a goal. And I think it can lead to just being in a bad place and probably not being the best person, teammate, employee that you, you could be. I think that can be really a tough thing for people to grapple with because the reality is that most people want to have meaning in what they do every day. It's much easier to get up and do the daily grind. So when you don't have that, it really feels like there's a missing piece. I have seen this with the people around me and also a lot of my friends and coworkers. When people don't find meaning, they aren't as driven towards what they want. It really can lead to this mindset of negativity and getting in a cycle where you're not liking what you're doing. You're just doing it for a job. And it kind of goes into the cycle. And I personally find that it can lead to a lot of anxiety and depression when you don't have purpose, whether in work or elsewhere in life. Rebecca also notes the impact burnout can have on a work environment when multiple people are feeling it. You're feeding off of each other's energy. So I think if you're around other people that sort of have that burnt out mentality, it's very easy for you to get that as well. It can really weigh down an entire team or an entire organization if you have multiple people that are acting like that. But even when this kind of negativity spreads, she doesn't see it as irreversible. Sometimes it's important to say, let's try to inject a little bit of a different meaning here or some more positivity to just change it, I think is reversible if there are some players that really try to push back on that. A mindset shift can sometimes help when you're going through those slumps. And I think the other thing that's important to remember is nothing is permanent. So you might feel like you don't have meaning right now. That doesn't mean that it's not going to come in the future. Alva also notes that some of this is the nature of work itself. Every day is not going to be a great day. I know everybody wants to ride high on a rainbow every day and have every day be exhilarating. But the reality is sometimes we're just in neutral. Sometimes your day is just neutral. And then sometimes you're going to have tougher days. I've worked in like customer service type jobs or like retail type jobs or serving jobs where, okay, I have to be here. So can I find meeting and making sure someone has a great birthday dinner? Can I have meeting and making sure that this family gathering goes off perfectly? Like what can you find meaning in to get through your day? Because if there's nothing, then it's just a, a recipe for disaster, as they say. Our guests also noted the importance of having more to your life than your job. I'm a firm believer that as important as my career is to me and the impact that I'm having in community, it's also important to kind of have that separation and not have your work be kind of your full identity. So there's kind of two different elements there, but I also think it's really valuable if your values and your, your goals in life, I think, kind of span both of those parts of your life. I think that 
It's also important to remember that you can fill meaning in different ways and it doesn't necessarily need to be through a task at work. It's sort of like this idea where I'm doing this job so I can have meaning outside of this in other areas of my life so I can have, you know, a lovely dinner on Friday night with friends and family, or I can travel or I can provide for my family. I've come to the realization that work is not my entire life. And if I take a step away at five o'clock or if I actually like turn off my computer and turn off my notifications on my phone, which was another huge thing for me, I was able to reset and kind of focus on my priorities and go back to just being Alyssa and going back to what I love to do that's outside of work. Alva, who doesn't always find meaning in her work, finds purpose elsewhere. I've somewhat saved purpose for maybe outside of my professional life. And I think there are a lot of things that I would like to do or express that I don't get the room or opportunity to find purpose in in the corporate work environment. I'm definitely one that finds purpose in serving people. And I was so thankful that a friend of mine who has a philanthropic organization that helps young women who have survived assaults, being a part of that also really opened my eyes to there is a bigger purpose and there are things that I also want to accomplish outside of let's go to work and do our time and collect the checks. I think there are things that don't give you a monetary return that I find purpose in that I have not found in my work life. Similarly, Rebecca has found purpose outside of work. I serve on the associate board for a nonprofit, the Anti-Defamation League for the New England region. Back in 2016, when I was in my, in my previous role, I reached out to the Anti-Defamation League after the election, and I really just wanted to get involved somehow. And they were really receptive, and there was really fantastic programs that I could get involved in where we actually went down to D.C. and lobbied on Capitol Hill. And that turned into me becoming involved with that organization. So I feel like I get the best of both worlds where I'm working in the corporate space. And I found meeting there. And also I'm able to tap into that side of nonprofit in my free time. As we explored these topics, we also saw some cultural shifts emerging. This seems to be a trend amongst Gen Z and millennials. We do not identify with our jobs or job titles. So I don't think my job is who I am. I don't think my job title makes me somebody. I don't think my job title makes me better than one person or another. I think it's what I do. That's why I say I identify, recognize myself, consider myself an artist because that is what I do. I have been trying to shift this when I meet people. You know how every time you meet someone, they say, oh, what do you do? And I know what you're asking me, but I never give them the, oh, I, you know, I I work here or I do this, I always try to give them like what I do. This is what I do. That's how I generate an income. That's what I put in my W-2. But like, this is like what I actually do as a person, right? Like, I think that's a societal and conversation shift that is slowly happening. So who, who are you outside when the, when the laptop closes? 
It is something that Alyssa is still grappling with. When we asked her who she is outside of work, she had to pause. So I think it's funny because when, like, you asked me to introduce myself, the first thing I always think of is work. Oh, this is my title. This is my um. I don't necessarily think of like myself. So I think this is a great question. Um, I am first and foremost a dog mom. So I have two dogs and they're like my children. I have no children right now. So I definitely consider myself like a huge dog mom. I am also a baker and a cook. So I love baking and I love cooking. And I found a lot of meaning and stress relief through doing that a lot of times. I love running and I love Pilates and yoga. So I think that's also a big part of who I am. While Alyssa is trying to cultivate hobbies outside of work, Aaron, like many millennials, has turned those hobbies into side hustles. I teach tennis on the sides. So I keep busy. I like to have a hobby that keeps me fit, a hobby that keeps me creative, as well as my career too. I've been doing voiceover work on the side for about six years now. And I have my own business. I operate out of my home studio. And it's a ton of fun. I love the opportunity to be creative. And similar to my work in consulting is I get to work with organizations that span so many different industries, work on projects ranging from, you know, doing a 10-minute explainer video about cement to being a character in a video game. So it's a lot of fun. And I really value having that creative outlet, which really helps me kind of a, decompress from my normal workday, but also I think it actually benefits my career in a lot of ways because I'm forced to kind of think creatively and use my brain in different ways that then kind of opens up opportunities to think differently in my everyday work as well. When we spoke to Alva, she mentioned the concept of a third space. So I heard this from someone else. I didn't make this up back when everybody was in office that you would go from your home to work and then like another place it could have been like a cafe it could have been your church group it could be whatever an artist studio whatever you do like a bowling league I had friends that are part of a bowling league whatever whatever it was right but now that we work from home it kind of just feels the space number one which is your home and then the space number two which is your work have combined and then with the pandemic a lot of things closed or shut down it had kind of stop people from having that third place. And I thought that was really, really interesting because I realized before the pandemic, when I was working in office, I was literally just going from home to work, home to work, home to work in a cycle. Like I had no energy or mental capacity or time for anything else, just going in a cycle. So I have taken it upon myself to find my third place, which is a creative arts center here in the city and other artist communities. And I just thought to myself, I was like, that's my third place. Like, that's the place that's not my work. It's like not inside my home, but it's like another place where I can congregate with people, have community, other people who are like-minded. So I just thought that was a, an interesting point, like with identity and like where we go outside of our profession. We were intrigued by this concept. So we asked our other guests about it. Sadly, we didn't get to ask Aaron because we interviewed him first. My third space is at the beach. So I live right by the beach. And I found that a lot of times when I'm really stressed or just overwhelmed by maybe my life, maybe my family, maybe work, I walk to the beach pretty much every single day. And I think it 
some really grounding force for me by being able to go there and just reset. Because again, in this grand scheme of things, I'm on a beach and I'm one of, you know, like billions of people and there's all of this ocean in front of me. And I think it really helps me switch my mindset to being like, okay, my problems are not taking over my life. Like my problems aren't as large as me. And so I really think that that would be my third space, I would say. And then that mindset that kind of going to the beach brings me, it just brings me pure happiness and it kind of gets me outside of who I am. Being out in nature was also something Rebecca thought of when we asked about a third space. I like to try and get outside. So I don't know if that's really a space, but just being in nature and having that time to decompress is super helpful. I love to walk. So when I can, I'll go out for a walk if the weather does cooperate in New England. Rebecca also thought of another space. Before the pandemic, after work, I would go to the Brookline Booksmith. It's one of my favorite bookstores. They have a huge selection of books and also a lot of fun gifts and things like that. So that was a place that just was my happy place where I could just go in and browse through the aisles. Sometimes I would get a book. Sometimes I would just look. But that was a place that just was very calming for me. And I remember I didn't go in there for like two years. And the first time I went in there, I was so happy to be back. Our interviews have definitely given us a lot to think about. Something that stuck out to me is the importance of meaning making to each of our guests. Whether they are seeking to work in an organization with which their values are clearly aligned or whether they are motivated by something else, each found a way to extract meaning from their work and throughout their career trajectory. On a personal note, I feel like I have a lot of work to do. I'm now thinking about how to find that third space because I'm not sure I ever took the time to develop one. I'm also sort of processing how purpose and meaning have shifted for me over time and where I want to focus at this point in my life and career. Do you have any personal takeaways? One thing that continues to resonate for me from this conversation is the difference between my identity and how I generate income. And I definitely want to work on this differentiator. Well, it seems like we both have a bunch of work to do after this. We want to thank Alva Harrell, Aaron Johnson, Rebecca Miller, and Alyssa Pellegrini, who were generous with their time and insights. To learn more about them, you can check out their full bios on our website, thinknovel.com. If this conversation has piqued your interest and you want to hear more about what we have to say, stay tuned for other episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and review us. Give us some love. And if you're curious about what we do over at Novel or think we could help you or your organization, check us out and send us an inquiry over at thinknovel.com. That's T-H-I-N-K-N-O-V-L.com. That's it for us. Shout out to everyone who helped us make this show. This is Novel Takes. <laughs>